Welcome spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. Hello! Hello! It's us. It's us from This Podcast is Haunted. This is Kate. And I'm Jen. That's Jen. I'm Kate. Welcome back to our show. Yeah. And I say welcome back because this is part two. Of a two-part. We did a two-parter. Two-parter. Good for us. There was too much shit for one, so you broke it. You broke it in two. Listen, I know you all wanted to sit for three hours to listen about spiritualism, but... We certainly wanted to sit for six hours talking about spiritualism. Yeah. Because we have to edit out roughly half the shit we say. Yeah. So... It but, would have been magical, well, but I have to poop every four hours. I know. So it would have been a big interruption. <laughs> Bum. I get. I see. Oh, I see no. what you did there. Well, okay. We talked about spiritualism last time, and uh, this time we're going to focus a little more on seances. Seances. So get out your candles and your Ouija boards oh, and your yeah. incense, and we're all just going to sit around and have a nice time. It's the we? perfect thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, honestly, it is kind of perfect for this time of year. Seances have always been big when the veil is at its thinnest. And, and when's that, Kate? Uh, that is the, well, Halloween, obviously. Oh, Very okay. thin veil then. So we missed uh, it. No, not quite. Uh, it happens again at um, Yule. At the holidays? At the holidays. I mean, aren't we all close to death during the holidays? <laughs> God knows I fucking am, Jen. <laughs> I'm I'm so tired. I'm I, I'm so I've, tired. I've never been so tired. I just and I know that's like partially like that's the big key that I'm an adult now. Mm-hmm. Like I used Jen. I used to be so much fun, Jen. I could. <laughs> I used to have dreams like you. <laughs> no, I could just stay up for three days at a time with absolutely no ill effects. Yeah, that was college. No, it was high school. Oh, are oh, you kidding okay. me? I would just stay up for days at a time. And then college happened, and I was like, oh, the world's terrible. I better sleep it off. Um, and then I met my husband, and he was like, but the bed is so nice. And okay. I was like, the bed is... No, 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 no. Oh. Don't, stop making it weird. <laughs> stop making it weird, Jennifer. You, you said husband and bed. In well, okay. Listen, you dirty old lady. What do you think? <laughs> what I think is that he bought me a really big, comfy bed, and that I love sound, being in it. That doesn't really We nice. should someday do an episode from a bed and just, like, kind of... It'll be Take our version of Slumber Party. Yes. Go listen to Slumber Party, a podcast. And also join their Facebook community. The Slumber Party people are amazing. Like, they're just happy, nice people who want to talk about happy, nice things. Or, like, if one of them is like, hey, guys, I'm sad today. Everybody's like, you're a beautiful angel. Well, that's all. Yeah. I've noticed that about every, like, podcast community I'm a member of. Like, they're the most uplifting, positive people in the world and they love talking about murders like yes. grisly horrific murders and then also you're a beautiful angel you're and beautiful everybody's so starshine lovely. snowflake exactly believe in yourself you can do anything i believe in you the best pep talk it's amazing and you know what it's like it's it's like the whole internet those those sites are just mm-hmm. populated by drunk white girls in bathrooms oh, like there's nobody nicer on this world than drunk white girls in bathrooms <laughs> like i hope wherever they are like all the drunk friends i've made in bathrooms they're I all just like well. you're beautiful you're, you're beautiful so, i love your hair you i love your anything. shoes everything about you is just so great and like that is true see see that guy he's trash and like he doesn't deserve you like no it's like the best uh i here's to you Thanks for being amazing. You want to do work? You want to yeah. stop talking about drunk people like right. a bunch of idiots? Yeah, here we go. All right. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about seances. Seances. So there are a few different, like, official versions of seances. Rather than just sitting around chatting. Well, ghosts. yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially what it is. But it, you see it in a couple different varieties. Uh, last week we talked about spiritualism and their, like, meetings that they'd have every day in, in Lilydale. Mm-hmm. And that... That's kind of like a religious seance in a way. It's more like, it's like a sermon. It's like someone standing in front of a group of people. But instead of like writing their sermon on note cards ahead of time, they're Mm -hmm. just like, hey, person on the other side, how about you tell us what we need to know today? Kind of, yeah. So they, I mean, they'll talk like directly to people in the audience um, if there's like a message for them. But it's also, it's more of like a religious experience Mm -hmm. instead of like, 
the Long Island medium or something. Right. So it's not just entertainment. Yeah, there. It's not Madame Cleo for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> yeah. Why does she sound like she's from South Asia? Sorry, that was a bad, bad, bad accent. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Anyway, so that's so there's a couple different types. Yeah. So we talked about that type last time, um, and then there is the 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 stage mediumship, which and that's like Long Island. That medium, is, and like John Oliver crossing over, or whatever that guy was, John Rogers, John, John Roberts, John probably not John Oliver, but still, <laughs> yeah, whatever that guy. Essentially, was. Essentially, yeah, it's the it's the one Edwards? person. It's gonna bother me. It's not John Edwards. <laughs> All right, keep going. Just just okay. get me through this part. Yeah, it's one person standing on a stage doing a whole show, and it's definitely more the showmanship, like, hey, you know, listen to me be awesome. So that's probably mostly bullshit, <laughs> in my opinion. But, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a thing. Uh, there was, on Wikipedia, there was mentioned one guy, um, this is going to be, yeah, Pashal? P-A-S-C-H-A-L. Pashal? Beverly Randolph. So there's another name for you. I love it. Wait, let me see it on the page. Yeah, here we go. It could be Pascal. Pascal. Okay. Not Pascal not? Beverly Randolph. I'm super good at this. Um, he worked with spirits of relatives, of audience members, and famous spirits like Plato and other ancient seers and philosophers. Wait, did, did he speak ancient Greek? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I bet not. <laughs> what the fuck? Like... Come on, guys. But it's like those, I mean, people do that today till they'll, they'll be like, oh, I'm talking to Abraham Lincoln. It's Cleopatra. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think their excuse would be that uh, maybe they're talking through a spirit guide or... Or there's some like maybe, uniting language on the other side. I mean, if you are a spiritualist, you could be like, well, Plato clearly learned modern English in the you know, time since he's amazing. died. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you can, your soul can improve. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Um, I was recently reminded that uh, Douglas Adams is dead, and the world is oh. the worse for it. Um, and Douglas Adams had the idea of the babble fish, which was a translator fish that sat in your ear. Oh, yeah. And, like, if Douglas Adams so were in cool. charge of the afterlife, we would all have the babble fish. And mm-hmm. I just want to be a part of an Adam, of an afterlife with Douglas Adams. So that is possible now, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Ever since 2001. I was so sad that it was so long ago. Mm. Man, bummer. So long, and thanks for all the fish, Douglas Adams. <laughs> All right, back to different types of seances. Back we should try and contact Douglas Adams. Oh, my God. Can we please? Well, can we please? I will go over how we could do that Okay. in a minute. All right. I'm really excited now. Like, I was not on board, and now I'm on board. Yes. So, if you want a more intimate setting, which... Dirty. Yes, we do. <laughs> do um, we? God, Jen, are we at that level? <laughs> That's... I'm sorry. Should I not be sitting so close I'm to you? I'm a group. I'm a married of lady. Three people. Okay. Oh my God! What are you into? Jesus, look. I'm not trying to be a prude, but I'm a bit white bread in the bedroom. I'm just gonna take a drink and let you work yourself. <laughs> How about you stop talking about working me? Don't you dare do a spit take. Don't you dare swallow, Jenna. Ew. <laughs> Sorry, Jen's mom. <sighs> okay. Are you done? Yep. Are you done being disgusting and perverted? <clears throat> so if sitting in an auditorium <laughs> with a bunch of people isn't your thing, you could have... <laughs> sorry. Just All stop. I can picture is Just random stop. sex acts. I'm Just sorry. I'm We're having seances here. Contacting sex <laughs> the spirits. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. You should keep talking because I'll just be stuck on this. Okay. I'm uh, a monster. There's two different kinds of small group seances. There's um, the, you can do it, basically you can have with or without a medium. And I'm going to talk about the without a medium first because segues. So this is the kind you can try at home, friends. Ha Yeah. So fun. you don't need an official medium for this. It's just uh, you and a couple friends sitting around a table. And you um, usually for these, they're a lot more informal, um, but you usually use something like a Ouija board. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. So uh, I'm not trying to tell anybody how to live your life. But don't do that. But uh, this is how you get demons. I know. I know. Like, but if you follow some good instructions, you might be okay. Okay. Also, like you white should know. And salt circles. And that, 
prayers of protection, yeah, like that sort of stuff. There's actually a whole um, episode of I think Stucky Should Know. Oh, that wonderful podcast about all about Ouija boards, and according to them, they're mostly bullshit. So of course, I have led my own hand around a Ouija board. Like, Mm -hmm. who are you talking to, Zach? (laughs) I think you're pretty. Yeah, so hot. That's absolutely. I have one hundred percent done that. Well, because I'm just saying, like. Mm-hmm. I kind of believe in demons. Well, you also, yeah, you do want to just, you know, like. Just like a disclaimer, like, hey, everybody. Be careful. In the same way that you don't just, like, go around putting random penises in your mouth. Yeah. You should also not just be, like, calling upon whatever okay. on the other side. Sure. So, like, there. That's our disclaimer. Yeah. Safe sex, safe well, seance. okay, I'm going to, I mean, okay, so. If you want to, if you want a Ouija board, there's, like, different... I always thought, like, you have to have the the very special, specific, like, official Ouija board for oh, it no. to work. Yeah. Apparently not. You can just create whatever the fuck you want. Because, Absolutely. Yeah, it's just, like, you get a board, and it could be wood, it could be masonite, it could be chipboard, whatever the fuck that is, mm-hmm. or plastic, because mm-hmm. nobody cares. And you well, on it's about it, intention, not not. Yeah, it's basically just a thing that you have either letters, numbers, words mm-hmm. on. Basically, just a way to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have that as your board, and then you have a planchette, which is French for a small board. <laughs> Cute <laughs> planchette, and that is either you can you can get official ones, and sometimes it's like a magnifying glass on mm-hmm. like little legs, or sometimes it's just a pointer. And so everyone, you know, you sit around in your circle, and you put either one or two fingers on it, and you kind in yeah you don't. Nobody should lead it. N- yeah, I totally do. You're not supposed to lead it, and one person will ask questions, and. Yeah. Is there are we talking to a spirit? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's usually the one that I always think of it says hello, goodbye. There's one, two, um, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. T- there's zero. Yeah, you know, the numbers. Yes, no. All the letters and then um yes and no. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much the classic Ouija. Mm-hmm. But again, you really can use anything. Um mm-hmm. with most what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, it, it, it is sort of like a form of fortune telling. Yeah. Uh, you're doing energy work. And if that's the case, the more energy you put into your device, mm-hmm. the better it is. Like you should never use tarot cards that you haven't slept with for three nights. That's that's a thing. <laughs> All right. You also should never use tarot cards that you buy for yourself. <laughs> so Interesting. Uh, that's just how they like get your energy. Okay. That's uh, whatever. Yeah. You know, that's my thing. Sleep with your cards. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, there. Yeah. There's a whole episode of stuff you should know, and that goes more into like reasons why it's kind of bullshit. Because sure. like even if you're not trying to move it, you, you are. are. Like that's just it's. At least I'm thing. open about my cheating. Like I have an agenda with this board. Well, yeah, but you could be someone who's like, I want to, you know, I want to do this legit, and it, like, you know, trying to do it for science and trying to do it right, but. Just your body wants to move, mm-hmm. and then once you hit one letter, your your brain is like making all these subconscious connections, and you're trying to like complete the word that mm-hmm. is in your head. So that's a thing that happens. But okay, so you want to have your own seance. This is what you need to do. What's step one? Okay, I found this article. I just googled like how to have a seance. Of course you did. <laughs> My Google search history is weird, um, yeah. and I found this wonderful article, just literally called "How to Hold a Seance," and it's on paganwicken.about.com. Yeah, that seems right. <laughs> and it just says like, do you know that meme of like a a woman wearing like a witch's hat, and she's like. Just summon, you know, if you can't summon the flames directly from hell, store body is fine. <laughs> that's, just, that's exactly what Do you know that woman is like Ina Garten? Like, that's why that's is funny. That... Yeah, it's, it's oh, the Barefoot Contessa and everything sense. she says. That makes sense. She just did, like, a Halloween episode. Yes. It's... Okay, I get it now. I get it. Barefoot Contessa is a treasure. Okay. So, anyway, here is here is the advice from uh, Patty Wigginton. Of course. Of course. She's probably right, though. Like, I haven't listened to this yet, but she probably knows her shit. Okay. So, first, plan your guest list. Figure out how many people you're going to have and make sure the space you're using will allow them all. 
Uh, isn't that also the first step to throwing like a tea party? I know. This is what it. This is what cracks me up about it. It's like this could be. You could either be planning a dinner party or a seance. Like you don't know yet. <laughs> and maybe it's both. It's if your say. living room only seats eight people comfortably, don't invite fifteen. <laughs> also, be sure that everyone attending is open-minded to the spirit world. <laughs> You know, Emily Post would tell you that 20% of people who say they're coming don't actually come. Yeah. So you could plan for 15. Well, there you go. Wow, that's like a 50%, but still. People who are adamantly non-believers bring a certain amount of negative energy, and this can be disruptive. You may also find that it adversely affects your communication with the spirits during your seance. (laughs) Damn skeptics fucking up everybody's good time. I know. Number two, create a spirit-friendly atmosphere. How? Well, most people like to conduct a seance or at a round or oval table. But if neither is available, don't worry. Store-bought is fine. I know, right? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. I'm sorry. Drape the table with fabric or sheets. Some people prefer light colors to attract friendly spirits. But it's a matter of personal preference. If you use incense, be sure that no one in your group is allergic to it. (laughs) Place incense somewhere away from the table rather than on the table itself. Candles are a nice addition as well. Not only do they provide some visibility, but there's a school of thought that believes that spirits are attracted to heat and light sources. Hmm. I mean, sure. Why not? Yeah, Yeah, why not? Death is cold. That's cold and dark. Yeah. As You know, cold as the grave, dark as the grave. These are phrases. Yeah. Number three, help everyone get comfortable by offering refreshments before you begin. Especially hallucinogenic drugs. You want to really talk to the other side? I got a dealer for you. Make sure that guests will be respectful of the spirits and of other guests. Turn off all cell phones. If anyone needs to go to the bathroom or have a smoke, do so before you begin. (laughs) Set the thermostat at a comfortable temperature. Remember that spirit activity can cause some fluctuation in levels of cold or heat. Once everyone is seated, you can help everyone relax by doing a short guided meditation, offering a prayer, or casting a protective circle if your tradition requires you to do so. That's, that's See, this is Again, where it like some protection. This is where it gets into like actual helpful advice because yeah, don't like, be an idiot. S- sit down with people. Step one. You're mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. How could I ever have worked that out without you, Patty? Whatever. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm super salty tonight. Keep going. Keep going. Um, Okay. So number four, during the seance, although many people like to do this, you don't have to hold hands to raise energy. In fact, if a seance goes on too long, it can get downright uncomfortable. (laughs) Sweaty palms. (sighs) Whoever is acting as the leader of the seance, the medium, should ask the spirits to join the group. If there is a specific spirit you are trying to contact, ask for them by name. For example... Now would be the time to say, Dear Auntie Gertrude, <laughs> we respectfully ask that you honor us with your presence this evening. Would you please, Gertrude, just stop on by? Yes. Or sometimes you can chant. The medium just sort of decides what you're gonna do. As long as the spirits seem willing to reply, you can carry on a question and answer session with them. Bear in mind that spirits respond in many different ways. Sometimes there will be a tangible reaction, a tap, or a thump, or a soft breeze. Sometimes, particularly if you have a room full of very psychically gifted people, the spirit may choose to respond through another person. How do you know if somebody's psychically gifted? I think if they just start speaking as Abraham Lincoln, you know. That's... You're right. Touche. The classic sign. <laughs> Hello, I am Plato. <laughs> Clearly. Obviously. Yes, I'm Cleopatra. Oh, you're the real deal. I Just once I would love somebody to not be Cleopatra, but be like, uh, yeah, I was like, uh, I was the sheep dung herder. It was mm-hmm. my job to harvest all the sheep dung. Like, that's why my little to- Kevin. Right? <laughs> I want to talk to Kevin the ghost. Like, I want to talk to the I want piss to, pot cleaner. I want to be Kevin the ghost. Like, I just want to, like, find a seance and be like, hey, what's going on? Hey, guys. Kevin the ghost would sound like that. Hey. Hey. You guys trying to talk to me? You Kevin like- the ghost. You guys like football? You remember the Raiders? Those Why am I a middle-aged man named Kevin in this situation? Why are we all middle-aged men named Kevin, Jennifer? 
That's, that anyway. took a weird turn. Anyway. We went all over the world with yeah. that one. So according to this, the person asking questions might be the one to get the answers. Or it could come through anyone else. You could go into a trance. Or you could just sort of like receive a message and be like, I'm sensing that someone wants to hear from an Aunt Gertrude. <laughs> Do you have an Aunt Gertrude? She an says, Gertrude. What are my pants? <laughs> You're letting the ficus get dry, dear. Or Why are we doing so many voices? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All right. We got to focus. Let's be serious podcasters. We are. Very serious. Very serious. Anyway, so just like at any other party, sometimes a seance will bring an uninvited guest. Uh-huh. Demons. <laughs> This is a thing. This is a thing. Yes, yes. I don't dick around with demons, man. Religious horror is not my bag. So what happens when a demon shows up? Demons. <laughs> um, do you just like put on Enya until it's gone? No. Like, that would be my solution. Like, if demons are demons for real, then like Enya is the only thing to, with which to battle them. Enya and Sage. So this is what you do. Yes. So if you do get a demon to show up or some other unwanted entity, the medium or whoever's leading the seance will usually say something like, you are not wanted here, but we thank you for your presence. Now it is time for you to move on. I beg your pardon. That's some mixed ass messages right there. For real, thanks for coming, but please leave. Um, thanks for coming, but we don't want you here. (laughs) So please leave. I mean, like, I guess it's not really a mixed message, but listen, I'm not gonna be polite to a demon. I'm going to be I like, mean, I get guess the it's... fuck out. <laughs> I will battle you. You got to speak their language. Don't touch my cat. Because <laughs> for sure, if anybody got a demon, it would be Meatloaf. Like oh. 100% Meatloaf. That's is not definitely... true. Meatloaf is so precious. He is. He's precious and he's better than you. Yeah. And that's why a demon would be attracted to him. Okay. But if the entity seems angry or hostile and will not leave, no matter what you do, end the seance. <laughs> It's possible that it's been attracted to someone in your group who may have some underlying issues. Oh, please. Like, all people who participate in these sort of things are real mentally balanced all the time. Like, we're all crazy. Don't be weird, seance lady. I don't know. It's not our fault that we have a demon stalker. Yeah, so somehow try to shut that shit down. But even even if everything goes according to plan, you still, at the very end, should... Close the door. That's the last Close step. the circle. Absolutely. Yes. Don't take that shit home with you. Do not. I mean, yes. That is not the party favor you want. No. So you have to um, you have to thank the guests. Um, you have to thank... Should I thank them in writing? Or in no, you have to be like, thank you okay. for coming, like verbally. Like, this is why you're still sitting around the table. Like, thank you for coming. Thank the spirits for coming. Before or after you close off the door. This is as you close. This is how you close off the door. Oh, I'm so sorry. You have to okay. say thank you for coming. Thanks for being here, Thanks guys. Thanks for coming to visit. Thanks Gosh, for bringing. Gosh, it was real swell to have you here. Thanks for bringing the casserole. It was very nice. That casserole was lovely. Yes. We're gonna send you back to the spirit world now. Yeah, now yeah, and then you just kind of like and hey, goodbye. Nice to see you. Now, if one of your attendees seems to have slipped into a trance or a sleep-like state during the seance, allow Wait. them. What, what if it's because your seance sucked ass and they took and a nap? And she fell asleep. Well, right. you never know. But you do not wake them up. What? It's very important. You allow them to return gradually on their own because chances are they might have a message for someone once they're back. Huh. I guess if you wake them up, they'll cut them off. So that's how you have a seance. That's how you have a seance. You, yeah, and you just thank them and you say, now move along. And if you want to make sure you've really, you know, shut that shit out, you can, um, and this is before and after too, you might want to do like a little ritual cleansing, cleansing. like Mm -hmm. burn some sage. Recommended. And, or sweet grass, apparently. So, there you go. Oh, it also has one other additional tip. You want to make sure you've eliminated potential distractions, such as children or ringing phones. Um, But they say that pets can hang around because especially cats because cats and spirits are like best buds honestly meatloaf would be like i'm watching this shit i'm gonna watch on high from full of judgment yeah artemis would be like what are you doing meow let me help you need snuggles look at my leg hey (laughs) 
<laughs> Absolutely. All right, so that's that's how you have a home mm-hmm. seance, roughly. Yep. Uh, guys, if you want to cut through all of our bullshit and kind of listen to those, uh, we can also post this link later. It seems like solid advice. I especially like how they're telling you to use a little protection and also yeah. close the circle. Those are I think that was the main tenets. goal. It's like, yeah, like... You can you can do this to you know kind of like test around and yeah you're, maybe you'll come into contact with someone hopefully it'll be a friendly person mm-hmm. spirit um, but yeah make sure you're not just <sighs> so I'm thinking of metaphors for make sure you're not just like throwing throwing stuff out there trying to find whoever mm-hmm. and the metaphor I came up with was hillbilly hand fishing what have you ever seen hillbilly hand fishing. <laughs> Okay. Just like just First grabbing off, fish out of the river. Kind of, but you use your hand right. as bait. And then they bite oh. your hand and that's how you catch them. That's not a good idea. <laughs> so that right. is a good metaphor. But they do it. So like so that's the thing. Like if you're gonna do this, make sure you use some protection and you're not just like hillbilly hand fishing in the afterlife. <laughs> right. For whatever grabs yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Tell them tell them <laughs> it's I time to leave. I've never seen hillbilly hand fishing. Like right. I know what you were doing tonight as soon as we're done here. No. How, how do you live your life? Anyway. So these different methods of spiritualism, if that's if that's the freestyle, what's the not freestyle? So if you want a little more to add a little more professionalism to your seance, you can <laughs> add a rod and a reel, not just hillbilly hand fishing. <laughs> yeah. You can have um, like an official psychic or medium lead your seance. Um, and that's what like if you go to Lilydale, you can you can go visit mediums and have like a small group seance, and that's that's kind of what everyone's idea of a seance is. Like you're sitting around and you have the psychic with the crystal ball, and yeah, they did like they used to use a lot of those crazy tools and whatnot. They have the big the big trumpets and yeah. I mean, try everything. They were trying to add scientific principle. I understand. Okay, so yeah, they would use different tools. Like, yeah, like spirit trumpets, which are basically just big megaphones. And I like they didn't have recordings, so like you couldn't do EVPs. So it's like trying to like magnify just mm-hmm. whatever little whisper is happening. Yeah, and I don't I don't think that's unreasonable. I mean, it seems silly and far fetched to us today, but at the time, that's mm-hmm. the information, that's the technology that they had available to them. Right. So I don't I don't find that too laughable. Yeah, they'd also have. Like, they take two chalkboards or slates and tie them together during the seance. And then, like, at some point, they'd open them up to try to receive, like, see if there was some sort of message written on there. Uh-huh. And Why not? Sure. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Didn't I, th- I always thought there was something to automatic writing. Yeah. Where you're just writing and writing and writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think it's a very good way to cleanse your own self- subconscious. Like, just writing and writing and writing. Mm-hmm. And then the goal is to keep your hand moving. <clears throat> Your brain is going to run out of top-level movements, Mm -hmm. and it's going to get bored thinking about it, so it'll just switch that activity to your sub-level movements, and it'll just kind of air out your subconscious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely one of the methods that mediums will use to communicate. But Um, I don't know if it's communicating. I think it's just like... Your own stuff. Well, like that, yeah, that can certainly be like a good meditation thing. But in this in this school of thought, um, there's there's a number of ways that mediums will communicate, and one of them is they can either be fully conscious and just kind of like looking around and being like, you know, you. I'm sensing that there's someone in your family who's passed, whose name starts with uh, blah, blah, you know, S. There is somebody in my family, Jen, who's passed, whose name starts with S. <gasps> wow, I'm really You're good at this. <laughs> It should make this my career. That would be hilarious. That would be hilarious and terrible. I like it. I think you should look into that. If yeah. museums don't work out, <laughs> medium shift. Uh, I'll be a vampire slayer. Yeah. Aw. I want to be Buffy. You, all right. You I'll be Willow. Me. Let's be honest. I'm the Willow of the situation. Fair enough. I'm, I'm hardly the Buffy. I'm the Xander. <laughs> We're just Willow and Xander with a podcast. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Um, yeah, so you can either be totally conscious um, or you can go into some level of trance. Okay. Um, and, and that can involve, like, automatic writing. Or you can, like, go fully unconscious and then, like, come back and be like, oh, I have a message. Here's the thing. From Aunt Sally, who I assume is that relative with an S, which is not. That's fine. <laughs> I'm making it up. 
and my career's over. <laughs> that's the that's the end of Jenny. The end of that. <laughs> you have a family with an S. Yes. Is it Sally? No. Damn. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Yeah, you could also levitate the table or rotate the table or whatever. Okay, I don't know. Knocking. What? Is it like the ghost is levitating the table and it's like a source of proof? I think so. I mean, it's kind of like what ghost hunters do. Like, if you're here, show us, you know, like move something. Right. You know, specifically levitate this table. Just seems like a lot of effort. It's just a very convenient thing that you can kind of, like, plan ahead. Right. Well, and I think that's really what it is. Like, there's a fair amount of showmanship and magicianry going on here. Okay, so So levitate tables, tap tables. What else? Um, apports. Basically, like, transporting objects from one place to another. Creepy. Yeah. And smell. That one I do believe. That one makes a lot of sense because... It's also kind of intangible. Yeah. So, like, it could be that you just want to communicate with mm-hmm. your dear Aunt Sally, and so you smell and her she perfume. She always smelled like Dior number seven. Exactly. So I think that one is not so much, like, up to the medium as it is, like, you're really, like, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the moment. Absolutely. So that one, it, I mean, it would be very... I think it's possible that it could be faked, and certainly probably was, but it's also... Probably something that people experience regularly and is either just in their head or maybe they do smell it and it's real. So Who knows? Possibly. Probably. Um, I, I leave it open. And again, you know, the, these, these, not everybody who seeks uh, the guide of a medium or a spiritualist uh, is dealing with a great deal of grief, but mm-hmm. many of them were. Yes. And so, again, it's kind of like, Whatever gives you comfort. Right. Whatever gets you through the as night. As long as you're not being extorted. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of the different types. Certainly the leader-led seance is the most famous and also probably the most commonly debunked. Yes. Um, as that the movie I recommended last time, The Awakening. The Awakening. So good. The, that's the whole first scene. Yeah. Um, so if you want to know what it looks like. Just watch that movie. It's on Netflix. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, definitely that is a good one. Um, what always amazes me about seances, especially seances in the Victorian era, the Victorian era is so known for being restrictive and prudish and... Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's not. I, I, in some I, ways. Yeah, in it some ways. It had this weird, like, restraint, like, mm-hmm. all buttoned up, don't want to, you know... Right, nobody can see any wrists or ankles. Can't Cover have... the piano legs, because it looks like ladies' legs, well, and dudes could get an erection. That's debatable. <laughs> but certainly having or an orgasm is very frowned upon, <laughs> even for men. Like, you got to shut that shit down unless you're making babies. I never want to hear you say the word orgasm again. Okay. Like, I'm the dirty old lady here. Don't say words like that. <laughs> okay, but, like, yeah, it was this time of, like... Who taught you that word? Wash your mouth. I'm sorry. Sorry, mom. I'm sorry, Jen's mom. I did not teach her to act like this. Okay, I'm sorry. But for uh, now all that I'm of that, being your friend, mom. for all of that restraint, they there is still this like wild belief in spirits, right? And and, and in a, there was a there was also a, a fair bit of general hedonism at that time. I mean, with with incredible wealth, which is they were seeing some of the first um, widely held. Uh, millions, mul- multiple people had million uh, millions of dollars. Uh, so there was a hedonism. There was a me first. Of, of course, I have this much power. Naturally, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting time period. Uh, even the highest levels of people mm-hmm. were participating in these in these seances, whether whether it was widely known or not. Sometimes it was just a very well kept secret uh, mm-hmm. or a poorly kept secret that just. They were so powerful, nobody mentioned it. <laughs> exactly. For example, in the White House, it was going on multiple first yeah, ladies. Yes. One of the first ones I found evidence for was uh, Jane Pierce. So um, like 1850s when spiritualism first yeah. steps into... Yeah, so like... Spiritualism began 1848, Hudsville, New York. Yeah, so right about this time. So right after Franklin Pierce got elected, um, they were traveling to Washington, D.C. for him to be inaugurated. And they got in a horrible train accident, and their son died, like, on the way to the White House. The Pierce's son mm-hmm. died? 
Yeah. That's awful. It is. And so that really like story. put a whole shadow over their whole time in the White House. And Jane Pierce, the first lady, was just really never the same. And she was just very sad and depressed and hated her time as first lady. That's not an easy gig and under, under any no. circumstances, but as a grieving Especially mother. Especially since it happened on the way to the White House. Yeah. I could see she kind of Such blamed that office, that time yeah. for her son's death. How awful. But because of that, she she wanted to have, she held frequent seances in the White House, including um, inviting the Fox sisters. Oh, Maggie and Kate Fox. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. So that gives us kind of a rough idea of what was going on. Yeah. That sort of so it was. It was like widely enough accepted that it was known to be happening at the White House and people either didn't care or didn't know or I don't know. Absolutely. But after um, the Pierces came the Lincolns, of course. Naturally, yes. And, and Mary, Mary Todd with her basket full of crazy. Mary Todd Lincoln is one of the m- most famous spiritualists in American history. She, um, again, her son died shortly Willie. before they were in the White House. Um, actually, two of their sons died, but one of them died, I think, very shortly after after, after his father. Oh, after his birth? Okay, so not Willie. Yeah. Willie not died Willie. when he was like 10-ish? Yeah. So I think another one died in like infancy or like... If my father ever listens to this, he's going to be like, we went over this. <laughs> I've been telling you your whole life about the Lincolns. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So Willie died Sorry, at the man. age of like 10, um, shortly before they were in the White House. And so again, she, Mary Todd, held seances frequently in the White House. Um, and at least one of them was attended by Abraham Lincoln himself. Wow. Yeah, so that's interesting. That is interesting. Wouldn't that have been fun to sit in on? Um, And then, of course, you know, the whole Civil War happens. Really rough time in our uh, nation's history. Two two million new uh, spiritualists created Mm -hmm. in the wake of that lost generation. Yeah, and then then the war ends. And, uh, you know, they're really expecting to just kind of continue on and being a peacetime president and peacetime first lady and that would and that was taken from them that would have been awesome and it didn't happen because right. you know they went to Ford's theater in a carriage that we just saw we did it was so cool we went on monday uh to the history museum in south bend indiana uh and they have there as part of their campus the studebaker museum and the studebaker museum studebaker vehicles uh has the last uh carriage i think it was called a burrow I don't know how to say that. A barouche. A barouche. There we go. Uh, it was, and that's what he, that was the thing he wrote in. Um, yeah. And he decided that night. This that, is my favorite because I did not know this. It's the, isn't it the most Lincoln thing you've it's ever heard? Lincoln thing ever. Um, so he decided that they were going to pick up their friends and go to the theater uh, where they would see my American cousin. Mm-hmm. And he's like, eh, I don't want anybody to drive me. I'm going to sit up front and drive. Mary Mary Todd, hop in the back. We'll pick yeah. up the Joneses. Now, this, and this and this carriage, too, it's like, you know, there's like the seating. It's an open seating area. Mm-hmm. So it's like this kind of like swoopy, like, oh, you know, you can sit in the back. And then it like swoops up. And then they're perched like higher is the driver's seat. And yes. so you imagine Abe Lincoln, who's like Already over six foot tall. So tall. Perched gangly on top of this little and he was all driver's limbs. seat, and then it swoops down. And in the back, you have old Mary Todd in her poofy skirts. Yes. I'm just imagining this. It would be perfect. That sounds so awesome. And then just became so awful. So <laughs> terrible, terrible night. So it was yeah. the last vehicle he ever drove alive. If you want to go see that, go catch it at the Studebaker Museum in South Bend, Indiana. It's super rad. Anyway, back to Ford's Theater on Friday, <laughs> April 14th. 1865. Terrible day if you're Mary Todd Lincoln. Yeah, so Lincoln, of course, gets shot. Spoiler alert, he dies. <laughs> spoiler spoiler for America, in case you didn't know, in case you're yeah. not caught up. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, it was a very difficult time in our country, and specifically for Mary Todd, who got many, many, many letters of condolences, one of which was from our good friend, Queen Victoria. Who is a super rad lady. Yeah. Uh, Queen Victoria, I wonder if um, she also put the idea of seances into the head of Mary Todd. Well, because I don't know. It, would, it depends on I mean, when they, they were, started. 
being pen pals because they Mary Todd was having seances before. Right. Okay. That's a good point. Well, maybe they stumbled on it both at the same time. And and really, spiritualism was rising on both sides yeah. of the pond. So they probably would have both been aware of it. They would have both been aware of it. Um, I have a great story about yeah. Queen Victoria. Well, do you want to go on with her? Because I, I have... I do have more. Oh, finish up. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought... So, sorry, we'll come back to Queen Victoria. But uh, she did send Mary Todd a nice condolence letter, and Mary responded, I have received the letter which your majesty has had the kindness to write. I am deeply grateful for this expression of tender sympathy, coming as they do from a heart which from its own sorrow can appreciate the intense grief I now endure. And that's because Queen Victoria's dear husband, Albert, had died four, four years. years previous, 1861, yeah. typhoid. So, I mean, that's kind of yeah, it's that's nice. kind of sad, but very touching that, you know, this... They can just be lady bros together. Yeah. I wanted them to, like... I want Mary Todd to have moved to England and just, like, hung out. Been, like, a courtier, like the American ambassador or something. Yeah. Oh, that would have been cool. That would have been so badass. But, unfortunately, I don't think she would have been able to handle it mentally. No. Because this... Abraham's death really just, like, killed her. It was, like, she had two sons that had died early in life, and then her husband gets shot while they were holding hands mm-hmm. at the theater. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. The last thing, the last little conversation they ever had was they were sitting in their box, and they were sitting with guests, and she, like, leans into him, and she's like, oh, do you think Miss So-and-so is, is scandalized by us holding hands? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. And bam! Bam! That's... Oh! Six Semper Tyrannus. Yes. Ugh. I, I... Yeah, that must be... absolute. Well, and she wasn't exactly mentally normal to begin with no you're right she is she had those shown signs (laughs) right like she she already she already had these these small problems mary todd lincoln uh had an an enormous i mean in a time of war um the north had a number of uh advantages over the south when it comes to the civil war Uh, on paper that war should never even have happened (laughs) so uh the war of northern aggression my ass southern listeners uh, (laughs) you guys (laughs) should have known better than to poke the dragon yes um but basically she wore these very expensive white gloves every day and she changed them multiple times a day and she wouldn't re-wear them most rich ladies did this too Uh, changing gloves multiple times a day changing gloves multiple times a day but like Throwing away the old ones. Okay, well, yeah, that's the level of rich that most people weren't at. But they, the, the Lincolns, were not at that level of rich. Okay, like I mean, he was a he was a she was just he was at a that lawyer. level of crazy. Right, she was insane, um, and her spending was completely out of control yeah. um, at a time when the Union is doing everything it can to maintain mm-hmm. its mm-hmm. war. So uh, the South was decimated already because of the naval blockade of yeah. the Southern ports. Uh, they couldn't get money for their cotton, and so. Um, the North had a huge financial advantage. One of the reasons Gettysburg was fought is because there was a shoe factory in Gettysburg. Oh. The South was trying to get to that shoe factory so they could shoe their soldiers. Oh. They had nothing. They had nothing. It was really, mm-hmm. really over the top. But yeah. but the North didn't have the kind of money that Mrs. Lincoln is using. And she's using it because somebody looked at her in her gloves. Mm. She felt very self-conscious about her body. Uh, and so she... She would just go through gloves like you or I would go through Kleenex. Mm-hmm. And and it's she just wasn't mentally strong. To yeah, begin well, with. that makes sense with uh, what comes later, um, because she she returned to Illinois with her sons. But soon after that, in 1871, a third son dies. Right. Uh, what's his name? Tad. Mm-hmm. And so now she's down to she only has her oldest son, Robert, right. left. Um, now, sidebar. <laughs> Robert is a super fascinating person. Yeah. Because he was basically present at most, if not all, like presidential assassinations. Yeah. Well, like, he was up in- until his father's death. He was present when his father died. He was present when Garfield got shot. Yeah. Um, he just kind of pops up, yeah. like, in a bunch of weird ways, like, all over history. Was it him or Tad who was saved by. It was him. It was- yeah. So, like, before, during, during the war, I believe. I I think it was just before the war began. Because Abe was president. Yes. Right. So uh, Robert was in New York City and somehow fell like in onto train tracks and was pulled off of them by none other than Edwin Booth. Who was the older brother of John Wilkes Booth. 
who assassinated Lincoln. And Edwin Booth was in New York because he himself was a very famous actor. Uh, and some people think the reason that John Wilkes Booth, who was also an actor, mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't half as successful as his brother. He started right. getting his lines. Uh, they think that's one of the reasons that he went about yeah. uh, this. So in this murder. situation, it's as if Alec Baldwin saved Malia Obama yes. and then Adam Baldwin got mad. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which kind of happened. <laughs> I forgot how many Baldwins there were. There's so many like, Baldwins. I was like, Alec, Billy, there's an Adam. I don't Steven. Think Steve, Steven I've heard of. I don't think I've ever heard of Adam Baldwin. Yes. Firefly. I'm, Firefly. He's Jane. Fuck off. That is not a Baldwin. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, that it is. is not a real Baldwin. Yes, I'm pretty sure it is. No. I don't accept this. Anyway. Guys, uh, write in and correct me. Uh, for right now, he does not look like any of the Baldwins. Yes. Gross. Well, that's why he's better. Oh, hey, it's Jen. Uh, while I was editing this, I thought, hey, maybe you should uh, look that fact up and verify it. And uh, nope, turns out I'm wrong. No relation to the Baldwin brothers. Sorry, Kate. Sorry, everyone listening. I'm wrong. Okay, goodbye. Anyway. So that's that's Robert. So he's the last surviving son. And he's stuck with dear old crazy mom who won't stop having seances. Uh, and he's getting kind of sick of her because she is kind of going crazy. She might have been a danger to herself. It, she, it's so tightly regulated. Sure. It might not. I mean, we might not ever know. Yeah. So, like, she she, ha- she continues to have seances, especially after her husband died. Uh, in 1872, she goes to a spirit photographer named William H. Mumbler. Great name. <laughs> Mumbler, I think. <laughs> and, and that's a pretty well-known photograph. She's, like, sitting. She's in her all-black morning garb. And then there's, like, just the specter of Abe Lincoln, like, standing behind her, hands on her shoulders. And, I mean, <laughs> it's very it's very clear that it's him. We just... Uh, I wonder how they did that. He's also no, a famous likeness. So sure. <laughs> you don't know how that yeah. was made. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, there so you go. That's I don't think I've seen that. And then, and then just shit, like, in 1875, she was in Jacksonville, Florida, and then she becomes convinced that Robert is on his deathbed. He wasn't. Uh, but she... <laughs> <laughs> so she got a message from the other yeah, side. Yeah, so and... she rushes back to Chicago and, and to see him, and then... She claims that people were trying to poison her and that a wandering Jew stole her pocketbook. Okay. So she just kind of turns into your crazy racist aunt. Oh my gosh. And and I probably would have tried to shut that down too. Yes. My God. Yeah. So, and she'd also continue to spend large amounts of money on extravagant dresses that she wouldn't wear because she was only wearing black after that point. And she got a, a pension from the government. Right. Which she had to fight for. Yes. She uh, To get a widow's pension. But she was like super paranoid that she was going to be, that she was going to run out of money. So she started sewing her pension like bonds into the petticoats of her dresses. At one point she was walking around town with $56,000 in government bonds sewn into her clothes. Is that modern money or back then money? Back then money, I think. Keep talking. Um, I'm going to tell you how much that is in modern money. Okay. $50,000 in 1870, which is a rough year mm-hmm. I picked, is $877,823,000. So, like, so much money. Almost a million dollars. She is walking around oh. with sewed into oh. her clothing. That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's that's so, a lot of crazy. Yeah, I don't blame her son for wanting to have mm-hmm. control over her finances yeah. and her well-being. Yeah. So she's doing all this crazy shit, and Robert kind of reasonably decides, Mom, I think you need help. So he tries to commit her to Bellevue Place in Batavia, Illinois, and she was having none of that. Oh, this happened, um, the, the inciting incident was uh, she she tried jumping out of a window to escape a non-existent fire. Oh no! Yeah. So you so need she help. Probably should have been need help. So he yeah he commits her and then she wanted to get out so she smuggled letters to her lawyer uh, James Bradwell and his wife Myra Bradwell who sounds like an awesome person because she was a feminist lawyer and fellow spiritualist. Like I want to know more about this lady. Yeah. Feminist lawyer. She was a lawyer at that point in yeah, time. That's, that seems like not a thing. Yeah. So, and she also wrote letters to the editor of the Chicago Times because she's a very important person. 
And so she's writing all these letters saying, please get me out. My, my son is mistreating me. Um, eventually, because she reached out to so many people, she got out of there and she was released into the custody of her sister in Springfield. Later, she attempted suicide by trying to buy a bunch of laudanum from a pharmacist. Mm. And the pharmacist saw what was happening and, was and like, gave her a placebo. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Um, well, may, I mean, I also am an advocate that people should have the right to end their lives. And if she was suffering that greatly, maybe it was not kind to keep her here. Yeah, I mean, she she wasn't around much longer. So I don't, really? yeah. Poor she's, Mary Todd. Yeah, she ended up in France and had really bad cataracts. And so her vision was bad and she fell often. And then one time she just had a bad fall and had a spinal cord injury. <sighs> and that was the end of her. That's awful. Yeah. That's a total downer. <laughs> I know. That's... Poor Mary Todd, man. I don't. I don't think I knew all of that, and and I feel like, you know, like I was like, she's crazy. Look at her gloves, mm-hmm. and now I feel bad. Now, yeah, you feel bad, don't you? <laughs> well, it's not often that I feel she bad. She had a very sad life, um, and she was very troubled. Yeah, so. poor woman. Well, in terms of sad lives, it mm-hmm. is hard to trump the yes. life of Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria did not have an easy go of it. Uh, she was the uh, only, uh, the only descendant, the only um, uh, what is the word for legal legitimate heir? Legitimate heir. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, of Mad King George the Third, who had a bunch of sons who did not want to get married and all had mistresses and illegitimate children, except for one, his youngest son, yes. uh, who was Victoria's father. Um, and of course, he's you not know, his youngest son. It's like the third. No, I think he's the fourth. I think he's number four of four. Okay. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with yes, that's these are the things that I think I know. If I'm wrong, fucking tell me, I don't care. So I'm pretty sure number four of four, uh, she wouldn't have been queen if it weren't for the fact that all of her uncles were fucking Lotharios. Yeah. Uh, and they also didn't outlive their father terribly long. Her husband her her father um, died the same year as Mad King George, 1820. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, by the time King George died, he was super crazy. Yeah, which like, is why we had the Regency era. Absolutely. God bless the Regency era. Oh, the costumes. Oh, Mr. Darcy. Um, so yeah, so she became queen. Uh, she was raised uh, completely isolated. Her mother conspired with a man named Sir John Conroy, and they created what was called the Kensington System. Mm-hmm. And the Kensington System was all about making sure Victoria did not have friends, yeah. did not have anyone to carry her secrets, uh, did not have anyone who could help her make allegiances or dalliances. It was making her... They just wanted to control her. Completely control yeah. her, make her a puppet. Because they saw where it was going. She would absolutely be queen. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, she became queen of the British Empire when she was 18 years old. Badass. Uh, you know what? And she, for being, you know, young, she did okay. She's not a perfect ruler. She had a lot of uh, advisors. She did. She had a lot of advisors. Yeah. Uh, her closest one would be her husband. He uh, was a... Belgian prince, uh, Prince Albert. He was um, German. Her mm-hmm. uncle Leopold became king of the Belgians. Okay, but that's where I am. they were all German. <laughs> Fair enough, <laughs> fine. Uh, so anyway, German prince, uh, <laughs> Prince Albert. Uh, and she actually really loved him. Yeah. Like, they really loved each other. It's really interesting power dynamic, but because that was really, the, well, okay, it wasn't the first time, but no. um, it's just always a weird situation when you're a man in a time of, very patriarchal society, and your wife, who is supposed to be subservient, is the literal to you. keeper of the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Are we seeing some of that play out on The Crown on Netflix? So good. Yes. Oh, I still haven't watched it. I'm yeah. waiting to finish Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, they had nine children together. Uh, they gave each other scandalous gifts. They were passionately in love with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, upon uh, the death of Queen Victoria, they actually found. Uh, what was considered a very scandalous portrait uh, in in the boudoir of Albert. Mm. Um, it was a small oval painting, and it was Queen Victoria with her hair down wantonly oh and God. her shoulders so exposed. So basically a boudoir. It was absolutely a boudoir shot. And she wouldn't have done that if she didn't love him. I mean, you don't send nudes to guys you're not into. Yeah. Well, yeah, you do. You shouldn't, though, ladies. <laughs> Aunt Kate's here to tell you, keep it together. Um, so anyways, 
unfortunately, in 1861, Albert would die of typhoid. Yeah. And it's that's an ugly way to go. <laughs> uh, and Victoria grieved incredibly deeply. She yeah. wore black every day for the rest of her life. Now, in Victorian times, the custom was you wore black for the like all black for mm-hmm. one year and one day. After that, six months later, you could wear a dark purple. Yep. Six months after that, you could wear a light purple. Mauve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you could get back to life. Yeah. Um, but she never did. And she, she... Well, okay. So he died in 1861. Yeah. She didn't die until... 1901. That's a long time. That's a very long time. Um, can, yeah, she... It's like she, half of her reign. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so she reigned without him for a long time. But again, he was her closest advisor. Uh, he influenced her in many matters of state. He was uh, related to the French royal family. And after King Henry VIII, mm-hmm. no British monarchy had ever visited France. They're only 40 miles apart. <laughs> Their cultures yeah. are somewhat similar. Uh, and they had never visited. So she used his family connection to restore relationships between Britain and France. Uh, she used his influence in a number of ways. Uh, and so, you know, even though she valued his thoughts, she didn't take them entirely, but but she always craved his opinion. She didn't always follow it. Right. <laughs> uh, he can't be right all the time. They never are. Uh, but she certainly craved it. When he died, she would go to his grave mm. and talk to it, or she would talk to his the sculpted bust she had of him. She would talk to his paintings Anything to get something from the other side. Oh, that's so sad. It's so sad. Um, I would be... I I absolutely understand where she's coming from. When you love somebody that much, I can't even imagine saying Mm -hmm. goodbye. So when he died, uh, she was so desperate for somebody to reach out to that she eventually turned to spiritualism. Yeah. And one of the first spiritualists uh they had actually had spiritualists at buckingham palace and balmoral castle since 1846 so the very rise Mm -hmm. um it was kind of viewed as an entertainment or a scandalous or some sort of new science georgiana eagle was one of the first clairvoyants she was invited july of 1846 she was so impressed with georgiana eagle Mm -hmm. that the queen had a gold watch made for her and it was inscribed for (laughs) meritorious and extraordinary clairvoyance wow of all things i want that right <laughs> unfortunately eagle bites it before she can get it oh, so <laughs> so queen victoria i would wear that every day right i would be like look look at how awesome i am um so victoria has to give it to some other clairvoyant uh, and i'm sure they felt really good about the re-gift sure so in 1861 when her husband died her greatest wish was that she would die so that she could go and join him um, it was it was a terrible time for her. She withdrew from society. She was only with her counselors and courtiers. Uh, she was in an absolutely black mood. And then uh, a few months after he died, she heard about a different seance happening in the castle. And it was being conducted by a boy. His name was Robert James Lee. And Robert James Lee was able to communicate with Prince Albert. And what's interesting to me about this, I had never heard of this before. Um, their method of communication wasn't writing on a chalkboard. It wasn't sure. talking to my spirit guide. Said, "There's somebody here named Prince Albert. Does yeah. anybody know a Prince <laughs> Albert? Does his name start with an A? <laughs> Is it Albert? Yeah. No. Instead, it was very distinctly the prince's voice." speaking through this 13-year-old boy. And it sounded like him? The courtiers believed it adequately that it sounded like Prince Albert. crazy. He was brought to the queen. She heard this voice. Uh, He addressed the courtiers by their real names, not speaking as Prince Albert. Mm -hmm. He, hey, James, uh, instead of your royal highness, the Duke of Cambridge or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then when ushered in to speak to the queen, he... (laughs) had a letter mm-hmm. and he signed it with a pet name that only Victoria and Albert knew. Oh, see, that's what gets me. Yeah. It's like man. The inside it's, information. And it's possible that they were extorting her for power. She was an incredibly powerful person, mm-hmm. young, alone, awash in her life. But from what I can tell, she continued to make wise, sane decisions. Mm-hmm. Caveat on that. <laughs> um, so we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, the queen was sufficiently impressed by just seeing the pet name that she summoned Lee to Buckingham Palace. Um, she invited him to give seances, gave nine in all, uh, and av- uh, apparently invited him to live there and be an advisor Ooh. to her. 
So Lee talks to his spirit guide, and the spirit guide's like, nah, man, <laughs> do not do it. Get out. Um, uh, Victoria was upset. You know, mm-hmm. she wanted this counselor. She wanted access to Albert again. Yeah. Um, and so instead, Lee gives one more seance. Albert speaks through him again and says, uh, find the boy who carried my gun at Balmoral. And that Creepy. was John Brown. So you've probably heard of John Brown. <laughs> yes. Uh, and not the one who's a moldering in his grave. Uh, but instead, the newspapers thought that Queen Victoria was having an affair with a Scottish Highlander named Ooh. John Brown. I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> I've seen Outlander. <laughs> um, but anyway, so he was said to be a medium. Uh, back in 1861, he wished them uh, well, and he prayed that despite what I'm hearing, there'll be no deaths in the family. Mm. And there were a number of deaths in the family. So she was already aware of his work as a medium, as somebody who has oh, access baby. to this other side. So he uh, came down, came down to Buckingham Palace, and the change over her grief-stricken mm-hmm. attitudes was amazing. Mm. Uh, she's she's lifelike, she's jolly, she's willing to listen to people again. And it's all because Albert could speak through him, allegedly. Um, Now, according to most people, it's because... Right. Uh, The other side of that is that they were doing it. Yeah. Um, You know what? I... Sometimes you just need some... It could be both. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to that. Okay. Um, So he had an extraordinary hold over the queen, too. Mm -hmm. Remember, she was very about propriety. She hated smoking. She hated rough and foul language. He cussed in front of her. He refused (laughs) to call her your majesty. He only called her woman. (laughs) <laughs> That's um, the most Scottish thing I've ever heard. Right? All right, woman. Uh, he smoked in front of her. Even the princes weren't allowed to smoke in front of her. But mm-hmm. she let him get away with all kinds of this stuff. He had such an intense power over her. She made him her closest advisor. He had to be with her all the time. Which is kind of what her mom did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was bred for this. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite insults of him, uh, not only did they say that she was no longer to be called the queen. She was called Mrs. Brown. Yeah. She was, that was her new husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but they called him Rasputin in a kilt, which makes oh. me laugh. I love that. I love that. Um, so there, there is um, further evidence of all of these, this incredible control they had, uh, mm-hmm. he had over her. And so allegedly it was all because she could speak to Albert. She could seek Albert's counsel. And and I think it's important to remember that she was in love with Albert. Mm-hmm. So Albert was a... Yeah, she was kind of like obsessed with Albert. I mean, what, like, I'm obsessed with Dan. Like, I yeah. get it. Like, you'll be obsessed with Davey. Like, it's a thing. You just, like, they're your person. They're yeah. your lobster. Yeah. So, the more you live with them, the more you need them. Right. Like, I'm about to drive to Wisconsin. Dan and I have to go have, like, a serious discussion about which car. And, like, I can't just, like, make the decision to make, have my own car in Wisconsin. Because I have to take him into consideration. Like, right. I have to. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he's my counselor. I get where she's coming from mm-hmm. here. So the word got out about them. Uh, it got really, really heated. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine Waters, who was one of uh, Edward VII's mistresses, uh, said that the queen had been so passionately in love with her husband got it in her head that somehow the prince's spirit had passed into Brown and as a result believed that Victoria allowed Brown every conjugal privilege. Girl, get it. Get that vitamin D. Yeah. Get it. Uh, Of course. It's um, a long time to be single. Yeah, it is. It's a very long time to be single and I I would not want anyone to be alone that long. The end result though, Victoria was a great record keeper and Jen, this is gonna piss you the fuck off. This is, this is like, as a museum I'm already cringing. This is gonna make you angry. No. She left records. Yes. Um, We cannot find any official records that actually detail her relationship with Brown. Mm. Um, So what we do have uh, and and not only that, but evidence of their seances, uh, if those actually did take place. We have Victoria's letters. They do not mention that or him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible that she did so 
in her candid journals. But those journals, mm-hmm. Princess Beatrice got those damn journals, <laughs> redacted anything that would have been inappropriate, uh, copied everything, and destroyed the originals. No! The, light ha- the lighthouse at Alexandria, the library at Alexandria, all over again. Uh, and that's not all. That's those not damn all. royals. I know. Fuck them. Just um, let it be known. There were actually 300 very compromising letters Ooh. that were being held as part of a blackmail. <gasps> uh, they were between Victoria and the person who ran her estates. No way. And um, she, it dictates, it, it detailed a lot of her relationship with Brown. And they were being held as blackmail uh-huh. um, so that her, until her finally, uh, I'm sorry, until finally her personal doctor, Dr. Reed, mm-hmm. um, got the letters, gave them over to her son, uh, Edward VII, who destroyed them. Oh. Just put them in a box, dude. We'll look at it later. It doesn't have to be during your lifetime. Bury it in the ground. <laughs> and then finally, um, there would have been, uh, she wrote an affectionate memoir about Brown after he died in 1883. So mm-hmm. she only had like 20 years with him too. Mm-hmm. Um, her senior courtiers refused to let her publish it. Mm. And then they destroyed the original. Just wait until she's gone. Just let us have... Let, we have to know. Okay. Let us have the documents. Here's a question, though. How do we know they existed? Did someone write about the fact that they destroyed them? Or? Well, I'm not prepared for that question. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a good question, though. If anybody knows, please let us know. So there's all sorts of these problems. She was desperate, desperate, desperate to reach out to Albert. This was a conduit for her. It's, I don't understand how he spoke in Albert's voice, going from yeah. that rough Scottish Highlander voice to the cultured tones of a German prince. Now those, yeah, those are the things that make me think, you know? Things that make you go, hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I did love this last quote. Um, This is uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli. Um, I'm probably butchering that. Disraeli. Disraeli, that sounds more correct, yeah. So Benjamin Disraeli uh, is dying, it's 1881. Uh, and he was asked on his deathbed if he would like to receive a visit from the queen. Mm. And again, she's still so obsessed with Albert, who's been gone for 20 years, 20, 20, uh, more than that, <laughs> 22 years. Sure. Um, he replied with the last flash of his famous wit, no, it is better that she not visit. She would only wish me to take a message to Albert. Oh, that's so good. I love it, though, right? Those are the so best last burned. words. That's amazing. That's so awesome. Um, so, yeah, she... She used these seances to reach her husband, who was her closest advisor in a high-stakes game of world politics, uh, Mary Todd, who yeah. uh, was in a somewhat diminished but also similar situation. Yeah, basically just consumed by grief. Yeah, can't blame him at all. So, yeah, it was just a terrible situation. I want to go hug my husband. Yeah. Yeah. Hug the ones you love. Hug. Yeah, guys, life is fucking short. Hug the people you love. Tell them that you love them. Do not take it for granted. And remember... If you have any juicy affairs, write that shit down. Write that shit down. Don't destroy it. Do not destroy it. We need to know, especially if you're a world leader. Oh, my God. Except if you're the Obamas. Obama, please don't ever tell us about affairs. All I want to know is that you and Michelle are happy. Happy forever. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was a weird episode. Thanks for your patience. I had fun. Oh, good. Um, If you want to reach us on Twitter, we are haunted underscore pod. We are on Facebook as... www.facebook.com forward slash this podcast as haunted. Yep. And if you want to email us, if you have any ghost stories you want to share, or if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we are... Or if you want to correct us about anything, because sometimes we fuck up. Yeah, well, you know, that that too. Whatever. We are this podcast is haunted at gmail.com. Um, and if you like us, please tell a friend. Yeah. Or um, subscribe and leave a review or a comment on our iTunes. We've given out a couple stickers. If you want a sticker, uh, we'll yes. send you two. You take one for your collection and then you put up one someplace where cool people are. Yes, yes, yes. All right. You guys have been amazing. Um, you're going to get this episode right around New Year, right? Yeah. Happy New Year, In guys. In that post-Christmas, pre-New Year funk i hope that you all are fat and happy and reading lots of great books and, and eating getting lots, lots of good naps cookies god bless cookies my house is cookies. filled with cookies yes i'm I know. so excited <laughs> <laughs> all right my friends thank you so much for listening this is kate time. this is jen bye 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 see y'all